Welcome to the Free Throw Doctors Podcast, better known as The Line, with host, Free Throwologist, Keith Coleman, where we give you tips, stories, and information on everything free throw, basketball, and life related for coaches, players, and parents. Now here's your host, the doctor himself, Keith Coleman. Hey, 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 I am Keith Coleman, better known as the Free Throw Doctor, and you are at the line. Now, with the coronavirus going on and the pandemic and stuff, people, I want you to be safe out there. And people, put your mask on, put your mask on, keep your distance, and let's be safe. Now, let's get started. It is time for mail call. Our first one today is from Piper, Kansas. It's from Jonathan. And Jonathan writes, Dear Coach Coleman, I hope this email finds you and your family doing well. I am the father of two teenage boys, 14 and 13 years old. Both of my boys play basketball. They love basketball so much that they have posters of professional players in their on their walls in their room. Since the closure of schools and gyms for social distancing, I have been trying to work with my boys in the driveway. I've never played basketball and the boys know it. Don't get me wrong, I watch the game and love the game. I am a big fan. But because I've never played the, the basketball, the boys get on me and don't want to listen to me when I try to tell them what they're doing wrong. I am getting a lot of pushback from them. I try to instruct them in all aspects of basketball, but they sometimes just don't want to listen. Should I just let them play around by themselves and not get involved, or should I try to continue to help them? Thank you. Well, all right, Jonathan, let me tell you like this. I can appreciate your email, so thank you for emailing me today. You should not uh, try to, uh, or you should you should not stop trying to help your sons. No. Uh, yes, you know, you should tell your sons, hey, yeah, I have not played basketball before. You understand that. But that doesn't mean that my input is not valuable. You should go on and talk to them and just sit down with them and have a conversation. You said that they're, you know, 13 and 14 years old. They should be able to have a, a young man to father conversation and tell them there's many things that you probably have not done uh, in life before, but you still have done pretty well. Tell them one of them is being a dad. You know, uh, you didn't used to know how to change diapers before they got there. And, you know, also soon you'll be teaching them how to drive and you haven't done that before either. Tell them it doesn't mean that you're not going to try and do your very best for them. You know, working with you uh, in basketball, tell them there's not going to be no different. Um, just tell them that there's no man that they're ever going to meet in their life that's going to love them more than you. And that everything that you're trying to do for them is for their best interests. And just because you didn't play basketball doesn't mean that you don't understand the game. So uh, just try to keep, you know, keep positive about it. But I'm going to do one more thing for you. Um, I have a book that's out. It's called How to Teach Your Child Basketball. And what I will do uh, when we get done here, I will autograph it and I will send it to you. And I know that that should get you some uh, credibility uh, points with them that you know me and that I have taken time out to certify you that you're going to be able to help them according to the book that I wrote. So Jonathan, I hope that this helps. Thank you for the email and I wish you the best, man. We will get that book out to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks again. 
Okay, our next email is from Loveland, Colorado, and it is from Omar. And Omar writes, Dear Free Throw Doctor, I have a son that's eight years old and he loves basketball. I mean, he really loves basketball. That's good, Omar. I take your word for it. The sad part is that we are not only on orders for self-distancing and having to stay in, but also that my son has broken his right wrist one week before we were told we had to stay inside. I've heard stories about kids playing with their left hand when they when they have their right hand broken. My son is right-handed and has broken his right wrist. Do you think I should work with him on his left hand while he is healing or just wait until he can use his right hand? Please let me know. Okay, Omar, this pandemic is very sad for all of us. And so I can appreciate you having to stay in and I appreciate you staying in for me and I'm staying in for you. But this is a great time for you to let your son work with his left hand. I mean, you're saying he's eight years old. It is hard for coaches and parents to get their children at that young age to work with their opposite hand. And this is a good time for him to work with his left hand and work on his dribbling and work on his shooting. The main reason, you know, is to, one, to keep him active and also at that age to keep him excited about basketball. So there is nothing that should stop you from working with him with his left hand while he is healing his wrist. This is a great time for you to, to work with him. So to answer your question, yes, go ahead and work with your son on his left hand. There's nothing wrong with that. Omar, thank you for, um, writing in uh, today, and uh, stay safe. Okay, our next email is from a young lady named Mary, and she is out of Richland, Washington. She writes, Dear Coach Coleman, I am the coach of a high school girls basketball team. I've been coaching now for four years at this program. We have not won but one game. We have a freshman team and a JV team, but still those teams totally have only gotten three wins in the same four-year period. Do you have any advice for me to help the varsity team start to get some wins for next season? Well, the first part of advice for you, Mary, is that you have to start teaching. You know, Coach, losing your first year is okay. You know, you're rebuilding and sometimes you inherit a bad schedule in which you don't have any, you know, uh, idea of who you're playing against. And so it's hard for you to get wins. I got it. No problem. I can even give you the second year because you're still trying to feel it out and you're still working on the schedule. Um, but, you know, and, and teams are going to try to schedule you because they feel they can beat you. But even with that, I cannot give you the third and fourth year of getting beat and we're not getting any victories. Um, Coach, that's just totally on you. And I'm saying that to say this. You have a freshman team and a JV team. Now, you need to go and see what those coaches are teaching the girls. That is your pipeline to your program. It's not the girls that you have at varsity. It's the ones that are coming up. What are they teaching them? How are they working with them? What are what what kind of practices are they running? Are they very strict? Are they teaching them the things they need, the skills? Those are the things that are going to hamper you as a coach in the future years because you're having to teach things that they should have learned years ago. So you need to go down there and see what they're teaching them. 
Um, it is obvious that you need to do less coaching at right now and do more teaching. And so do all the rest of your coaches. You need to get them together and tell them this is what you're going to teach them today at practice, not coach them today at practice. Uh, you also need to go and start evaluating your talent. You need to get about five to seven girls that absolutely love the game of basketball. Don't worry about their ability right now. Just get uh, uh, five to seven girls that, you know, on that freshman and JV team that really, really love the game of basketball. You need to check and worry about their spirit. Are they really committed? Are they willing to work? Are they willing to put in the homework? Are they willing to do the things when you're not looking so they can get better and so the program can get better? That's what you need to do. Invest in about five to seven of them. Obviously, you're going to have more than that on your team, but that is going to be your core for you to start winning. Now, you just have to teach them the game. Teach them the game and have them work on their skills. So if they're not a good driller with their left hand, they work on their left hand. If they're not good shooters, you give them spots for them to shoot. And you know because they love the game, they're going to work for you. And that's why you got to get that core and, and work with them. You know, make sure you understand that you want them to be thirsty for knowledge of the game and that you want to feed that thirst. And then the other thing is do not, do not, do not take any games for scheduling outside of your conference. Why? Because what I'm about to tell you is what they are doing. They're finding teams that have a losing record or not very good, and they're putting them on the schedule. It makes life easy for you to schedule right now because people are calling you, but they're calling you for a reason. They're calling you because they can beat you or they feel they can beat you. So you do not want to put them on the schedule. If a coach calls you and says he or she wants to schedule a game, you say, hey, coach, I'll get back to you. Hey, go find out what their record was last year. If they have a really good record and they've got people coming back, no, 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 you do not want to put them on the schedule. You want to start hunting for teams that you can beat. Why? Not so much to build up your win and loss record, but to build up the confidence in your girls. When they feel that they can win, even if they're not winning against the best teams, it will take time and you can build them. You will have those freshmen and sophomores getting the confidence. And so maybe in about two years or three years that that team that you had turned down, that you could put them on the schedule because you'll be competitive enough. But you don't want to break the kid's spirit right now. You don't want them to fall apart and to feel we just can't win, we're just not any good, so forth and so on. So that's one thing that you have to do. The next thing that you got to do is you have to create yourself a scout team. A scout team, you want to get about six to seven boys from your school and tell them that you're going to make them your scout team. What is your scout team going to do? Your scout team it's going to be the boys that are at your school, and they're going to run the offense and scrimmage against your girls every day in practice. Now, your scout team has to be disciplined. They don't have to. You don't want the. But you don't want the best basketball players in the school to be on your scout team. You want people that are from the band or drama department or something else. But these are young men that have played basketball. They may not either. A don't want to play for the high school team, or B may have gotten cut. But they know a little bit about basketball. Get you some good boys to play against your girls, and explain to them. I want you to run a two-three zone against them. I want you to trap them today. I want you, and you orchestrate. And what you're doing is, you're then you can blow the whistle because you can control the scrimmage with them, 
and have the boys go get some water and you work with the girls on the things that they need to do. I guarantee you, if you continue to do that for a season, you will see that your girls will go up. Now, you may say, okay, well, what are the boys going to get out of it? Well, if they love basketball, they get a chance to play a little basketball. So that's one thing that they get out of. Another thing, you can tell them, look, you'll get a trophy at during our banquet and we'll recognize you. And the other thing, you can give them a T-shirt or maybe a practice jersey or something that you can give them, something like that. They're not getting much, but they love playing basketball. They're helping out, and you recognize them at your banquet. Those things are going to help you exponentially grow your program to a successful. So, Coach, I'm t- telling you, you said the first two years and you're going into your third year, yep, but you said you don't lost third and fourth and can't get any wins. Nope, you need to rethink what you're doing, and I believe that it comes down to teaching. You got my email address. If you got any other questions, please reach out to me. I'll be happy to help you. Thanks for the email. All right. Our next email is from a person named Luna. And Luna is from Eastman, Georgia. And she writes, Dear Coach Coleman, I have not listened to your show because I thought it was going to all be about free throw shooting. But I hear from my friends that they have tuned in and that you explain all kind of different things on your show. Can you explain to me what kind of show this is going to be? Well, Luna, thanks for the email. And let me just try to tell you that this show is unusual than other shows uh, just because there are no guests. You are the guests. The audience is the emails that come in. And those are my guests. Now, What I do is I take all of my experiences as being a coach and athletic director and a father and an author and a Marine and a teacher and a college professor and on and on and on and on. And I package that all into the show. So there's an array of emails that come in on different topics, parenting, you know, but usually it all surrounds basketball, at least so far. And I sit down and answer those on my show. So certain, you know, topics that you may have, um, I will, will answer. I do my best to answer everything and do some follow-ups with the uh, emails that come in. So it is not totally about free throw shooting. Some of the uh, questions uh, that come in through the emails are free throw related, but others are not. So I appreciate you um, writing in about the show and hopefully this clears it up for you. But, you know, Luna, please continue to tune in, tell your friends and stuff, tune in to the, the uh Free Throw Doctors podcast, and let them know that he's going to talk about all kinds of things. So be safe out there, and thank you for again for the email. Okay, our next email is from Riker, and Riker is from State College, Pennsylvania. And Riker writes, Dear Coach Coleman, I have been an assistant coach under the current head coach for eight years. Every time I bring up that I want to be a head coach, he brings up the fact that head coaches need good assistant coaches and how hard it is to get to get a head coaching position. He goes on to tell me that maybe once the year is over that he will talk to me about leaving. Well, the same thing is said year after year, and every year I'm still here and we are not having that conversation. Also, I, t- I was told by a friend that if I don't get a good recommendation from my current head coach when I leave, that I won't get a head coaching position anyway. Well, Riker, that's not all correct. First of all, um, do you think that you're ready for a head coaching position? 
And if you do think you're ready for a head coaching position, why are you ready? Can you write those things down? That's one. Um, next, have you prepared yourself to be a head coach? It, what, what have you done? Are you going to clinics? You know, are you, are you going to meetings? Are you reading books? What are you doing to get yourself ready for a head coaching job? And then the next, you know, let's talk about your head coach for a minute. If, you know, all good head coaches, and I use the word good, but all good head coaches are always trying to teach and train their assistant coaches so that one day they can become a head coach as well. If your coach is not trying to help you um, to become a head coach or teach you and train you to be a head coach, one, the your coach is very selfish, and two, you need to get from underneath um, him anyway. Because it's important that you grow as a coach so you can take on a head coaching position at some time. Now, the other thing is maybe, I'm just saying, but maybe the head coach thinks that you're not ready to be a head coach. And that's maybe why y'all not having that conversation or you don't think he's going to try to endorse you. If that is the case, then you need to have an honest conversation with him and say, please let me know the areas I need to improve in. Now, most coaches, most good coaches, after each season, the coach will sit down and do an evaluation on the assistant coaches and tell you, this is what you've done well. These are the things that I think that you still need to work on. These are the things that you did well in the season. These are the things that I think that you may have fallen on your sword. And, you know, these are things that how it can improve. If after you have that conversation, uh, with the head coach about what you do well and what you don't, then reevaluate yourself. Again, it could be a couple of things. One, he doesn't think you're ready. Or two, I, it is hard to find good assistant coaches. So if you and him have been together for eight years and he likes the way you, you work and he you kind of think like he does, then yes, he doesn't want you to go. That's being selfish, but that may be the case. The other thing, let's say that you do go forward to get a head coaching position. And it gets to the point where uh, you you get the interview and it may come up. You may want to say, they say, hey, do you have anything you want to say? You want to add you to say, yes, I just want to let you know that the head coach, if you want to call him, he's not in favor of me becoming a head coach. He wants me to stay assistant coach. I mean, that's all you got to say. You don't have to be negative about it. You just planted the seed to let them know that that's the way that it is. As an athletic director, former athletic director, and have been on many boards before for hiring, whether it's baseball, softball, you know, volleyball, all the different ones. Sometimes that is the case. The head coach that they are under, the assistant coach that's being interviewed, they really don't want them to leave. And so we understand it. That's human nature. You know, people like when they have, you know, good things, they they like things to be normal. And if you can run the same program with the same assistant coach and know that they're going to take care of things, it makes life easier for you. I understand it. I get it. But to still, that doesn't make it right. If you want to be a head coach and you think you've done the things that, that you should be able to be a head coach, then he shouldn't stop you. So uh, good luck to that. But have that conversation with the coach. And I, I hope that it all turns out well for you. If I can be of any other help, drop me another email. Good luck. OK, our next email is from William and William is from Dover, Delaware. And he writes, Dear Coach Coleman, my daughter is 15 and made a traveling AAU team for the summer. Because of the virus, we will not be having summer basketball. 
I want to know, is there anything that she can be doing so she can still try to be ready for school basketball? Well, William, yes, there's plenty of things that she can be doing. Um, these are unique times that we live in, but this doesn't mean that you still can't get the training that your daughter needs for her so she will be ready and confident for school ball. So let's talk about some of the things that you need to do as a father, because now you are going to become her coach and trainer. So first thing you need to do is identify what her weaknesses are. Uh, you've been looking at her for 15 years now and watching her play basketball. So what are her weaknesses? Ball handling, shooting off the dribble, coming off a screen, whatever it may be. Those are the first things that you want to do because you want to identify her weaknesses so you can improve them. Once you have done that, then you want to find drills that will help help her and sharpen up those skills that she is lacking. So when we start talking about the skills that she is lacking, you have to find specific drills for those. Now, there's a package of things that you could be doing and some plyometrics and this, that, and other, and you're going to see a bunch of videos out there and all like that. That's when people start to get lost, and actually the player never becomes any better in the summer because they're trying to do too much. You need to slow it down and to figure out what those issues are and work on those one by one. That way, at least you're accomplishing something. Now, to help you even more, <clears throat> I have a book that's out. It's called How to Train Your Child in Basketball. I will send you a copy. If you go through the book, if you read it and execute the drills, your child will get better. Some of the, the chapters and some of the, the workouts you're not going to need because she's probably pretty good in it. I will concentrate on the ones that you know that she needs. The other thing that you want to also think about when you're – trying to train her is what type of offense is the, the coach running at her school? You may want to send an email to the coach and say, Hey, because of the troubling times, we're going to work at home. And I just like to know, can you tell me some things that you would want, you know, your daughter to work on that the coach wants your daughter to work on for the summer. He may, or she may tell you that they are putting in a whole new offense and it's going to she's going to be required to be able to shoot outside more than they did before. Or maybe they're going to some type of a post offense where she's going to have to be able to post up. Not knowing your daughter's ability, her size, or any of that, it could be an array of things. But if you know the coach, I would send him or her an email and find out what type of offense they're going to be running. And in, and in doing so, what role does he think that he that she would be playing in the office now don't that totally narrow what you do with her this summer but that is an emphasis that you need because you said you want to get her ready for school ball but i'm a big believer that you always want to train the complete basketball player and the book that i'm going to send you helps you to do that so good question good luck to you and your daughter stay healthy during this time and thanks for the email You've been listening to The Free Throw Doctor, where the doctor is always spelled out and the doctor is always in. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you like the show, consider leaving a rating or review. You can find out so much more by following The Free Throw Doctor on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have questions, email us at thefreethrowdoctor at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website, freethrowdoctor.com. We'll see you next time at the line.